0: Dark Habits and a Motivar podcast. I'm Spencer. My friend Joel is here, I think. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm cool. here. Yeah, so this episode, uh, if you don't know the movie, this could up because after watching a- Kenneth Anger movies, I realized this one that uh, this certain current director is clearly a big fan of Kenneth Anger mm-hmm. and also a queer director, so I was like, well, th- this is the perfect opportunity to actually. Uh, talk about his movies as much as i possibly can and uh so yeah i, I brought back patrick from the um uh Anger episode hello hey yeah thanks for uh agreeing to this one because like this is th- this is quite a, str- a strange movie and uh you're a smart person so i figure <laughs> you, you will have you'll have uh, opinions uh, and stuff to say
1: uh-oh <laughs> No, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure. pressure. Oh no, Smart I'm boy. the rigger. <laughs> um, I I know I'm a big fan of the Wild Boys, so when you asked me to be on it, I was uh, I was I was happy uh, to agree. Awesome. Right, perfect. And um,
0: the best guest we've ever had on the finale episode of oh, a no season.
2: <laughs> Amanda. Yeah, thanks for having me back, guys. I I appreciate that. That's very kind. Yeah.
0: And you'll be back for a couple more episodes this season. One of them, uh, w- one movie, it will be mentioned at the end of the epi- l- end of the episode.
2: Ooh, okay, I'm excited.
0: It might be a movie about revenge that came out this very same year.
2: Interesting. Okay.
0: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so uh, this movie is called The Wild Boys. I won't say a French title because I didn't write it down ahead of time phonetically, l- so l- I don't. Les
3: garçons sauvages.
1: Very good.
3: Yes.
0: That's yeah, yes. pretty good.
3: Uh, wait, you said? Did you say le? Les garçons sauvages. If I'm less good, less good the second time. It. <laughs> just, just, just to clarify what I said. <laughs> can not remember if it, if
0: if it's le is plural or le is plural? Because uh, le f- I would French is would, French is no, full no. of a bunch of bullshit like. <laughs> Slight variation of of a vowel to yeah. change the I'm, meaning
3: of a word. I was trying to figure that out because usually I just think of it as like leaving off the last letter for the most part, and it's like, well, these are pluralized, so mm. are, does it become uh, les, les garçons sauvages? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, you still say it the same way, basically. It's just, yeah, it's a le, like I said, like, like I've <laughs> said
0: before. French is a bullshit language made by idiots. I hate it. But I'm still learning
3: it. <laughs> Hi to any French listeners, the listeners that we. Plummet.
1: <laughs> the, the famously anti intellectual nation of France. <laughs>
3: yes, yeah, it's so- He's, <laughs> jerks. <laughs> He's just talking about the Quebecois.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, the, uh, Wild Boys is directed by, uh, Bertrand, uh, Medico, I think is how you say it. And, uh, he, he's made a bunch of short films. He's made three feature films. One came out this year that has not uh, come out to the public yet. It's only in um, festivals currently. But it's called she, she is Conan and it's I think it's a Conan Barbarian adaptation but it's all women because all his movies just are the, the whole cat. Basically the entire cast of all his movies is is women. So it's going to be like a interesting take on that type of fantasy. So,
3: hmm.
0: I'm very curious. Yeah, what Robert,
3: Robert Rodriguez is really pissed about his whole Red Sonia situation. It's like, what the?
0: And I think that's for the better. I think that would, would be good to begin with.
3: Well, I agree. I just, you know, that's what I think of.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, Amanda, had you heard of this movie before? I brought it up to you a few weeks ago.
2: I have heard of it because I had it on my watch list forever, and I still haven't seen After Blue. I had both of those on my watch list, so yes, I had heard of it, and I had—I don't know if it was a, a friend's um, uh, like brief, like letterbox review they did, or what it was, but I, I had it kind of higher up because they were comparing it to like a Guy Madden movie. But they—they they used uh, words and and things that I don't want to kind of, I guess, spoil with the direction this movie goes yet. But just saying, like it was kind of him, like just being. A little crazier and more sexual and more fantasy type of um, guy, Madden movie, if you will, is what they said. So I was like, "All right, uh, this is this is higher up on my on my watch list." So, yep.
0: Since since you said like Guy Madden, I think that means Marcus Penn felt something. It felt a ping.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, I still haven't seen After Blue, and this was my first viewing of The Wild Boys, but I was aware
1: of it.
0: Okay, um, Patrick. How did you first hear about uh, Mentico slash The Wild Boys and all that?
1: Um, this was the first film of his I heard about, and I think I discovered it just from people I follow on Letterboxd or followed on Letterboxd. I don't have one anymore, but at the time I did uh, talking about it, and it certainly mm. sounded interesting. It checked a lot of boxes of mind, where it's just like very queer, sexual, art film, gender bending Kenneth Anger, you know all these things, And I'm like, okay, my 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 radar's raised, and I think when it first hit Shudder, uh, two or three years ago or whatever, that's when I watched it, and it was, you know, it, it's a it's a befuddling experience, but it's certainly a memorable one, and I was just sort of blown away by uh, it as as a as a work. Mm-hmm. All right, and
0: um, I think for for me, I first heard of Medico. As a director, uh, when it would have been last year, last fall, when uh, I, uh, I had to budget my Blu-ray purchases, and so it was, it was, a, it was a, at a point where it was like, hey, I can get a Blu-ray right now because I saved up enough money over the past few months, and I saw After Blue on sale on a, a vigor Syndrome because they have the label that put out his movies. I read the description of After Blue and was like, well, this will either be a movie I absolutely love or absolutely hate, but I want to take the risk, because this does sound so cool and weird. Mm-hmm. And I love After Blue. I re- did a review of it on Grumpire, on the action movie Roundup they used to do. Uh, I can't tell you which month it was, but it's, I think, the most recent one, because they kind of stopped doing that a while ago. But, um yeah so uh after scene after blue i bought a blu-ray for wild boys and a blu-ray of all medico short films uh and yeah so uh I, i'm a bit of a fan uh
3: jay diesel had you nope. heard of nope <laughs> okay had not did not um I, yeah i wasn't even aware of the director or this movie so no. that's that's why uh the last recording we had, you were like, I'm interested to see what you're going to think about this. And it was like, uh Oh
0: yeah. I said, you'd either love it or hate it. I don't, I don't think there's a real middle for this first kind of movie.
3: I'm I'm more of a bottom than middle. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not. Yeah. Let's get into other things before we decide. How we feel about that stuff, like, because to say how I feel about it at this very moment is definitely not how I'm going to feel about it after we talk about it. All right. Because uh, so- I just got done watching it, you know, and I, I was just uh, processing a lot of the stuff I had seen. And the the thing I can say about the movie is that a lot of things that were going on just kept ringing all these bells of like other. Stories and other things like that, and not not in a negative way like in a like oh, that's creative kind of way
0: oh. okay yeah, so I guess we, we we are gonna go full spoiler on this and this movie has I guess you would call it a twist, although there, there are little hints throughout the whole movie of of what it turns into
2: mm-hmm.
0: well actually uh Joel, did you expect like the the twist and what was happening? To the titular Wild Boys,
3: or was that a surprise to you? I wish you wouldn't use the word you just used, but okay. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't know a damn thing about the plot, but you told me before I even saw the movie that all all the boys are played by
1: Joel. Let's let's ask this a different actors. way. Did you keep abreast <laughs> with the changes in the Wild Boys? I, uh, <laughs>
3: um, I um. <laughs> I'm I you know what I I just realized well, this is a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: didn't
3: didn't finish my dinner from Hooters. I mean, I um, No, I mean I didn't. That that's a weird that's an odd question. Like no, of course I didn't expect the twist, but I also didn't um it didn't seem weird for the way the movie was going like the, the it, like you're going to ask me to synopsize this movie it's uh it's about five bad kids that ha- get taken to an island and then stuff happens and that's about all i can lay out without just getting into some very trippy stuff yeah uh well five five bad boys didn't i say five bad boys
0: you said five you said five children i think
3: no i said five
0: okay roll back the tape jerry
3: (laughs) oh you laid jerry off never mind
0: yeah this is a two-man operation all right so uh okay so amanda this was your first uh, uh, time watching this movie yes um what, what what are your general feelings on it
2: um I think it's something I'm gonna get more from when I sit down and watch it again, which I'll do when I have um, After Blue ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. I I think I like a lot of it. I really liked, and a lot of what it reminded me of are other movies that I like. So um, I generally, I find it just fascinating. And I think if it wasn't just um, just so, there's just so much. It kind of is. Uh, I think for some people, maybe they would maybe they would say it was a little slow but I just couldn't keep my eye off the screen even though some parts of the movie were slower moving just because there's so much was going on and I didn't want to miss anything um, especially I liked how just some scenes went from all of a sudden to color out of nowhere um, or just the way that like a lot of the ve- vegetation actually was alive and moving and uh, definitely uh, phallic um, so um, th- that is just Wait. kind of overall just an interesting are, are, experience are, are, you seeing,
0: are, are you seeing a tree that was burning out the white liquid was phallic?
2: Um, of course I was right John? oh wow
0: <laughs>
3: i'm
0: joking um, I, I, I uh, so You like just
3: yes. look like look or like the fuzzy a peaches a yeah. couple of door knockers to me i don't know about uh, yeah
2: what? right i mean i don't know i i thought i thought it was definitely very interesting and i couldn't i couldn't not pay attention to it
0: okay well um i guess uh uh i guess the first question for oh wait i remember what i want to say that yeah, first um I've seen a few other short films, and mm-hmm. after Blue, and a recurring theme is he names characters Kate Bush, or he will have a line or two referencing Kate Bush in multiple things.
2: Does he have fruits in other movies of his look like Bush?
0: Um, in After Blue, the, the the hairy fruit comes back.
2: Okay, interesting
0: and uh he, he uh, uh, like a recurring theme is like this hairy objects that aren't that should not be hairy right so like, uh plants uh the the sails on a ship there are certain things uh like that that i notice uh between two movies. but anyway yeah so
2: interesting
0: so uh yeah overall i guess patrick we we'll start with you uh what for you works in this movie
1: um so i think the reason why i like the wild boys first and foremost is that i think bertrand mandico is, has a phenomenal eye for detail and he he seems like someone who has digested a incredibly large body of work from you know we've mentioned kenneth anger i think uh, william s burroughs is also uh, has been stated as a touchstone here uh, I think somewhere in the credits he, he uh, says it's dedicated to Jules Verne and another sort of French fantasist. Um, mm. there's, there's just so much. Uh, there's a lot of Querelle, the Fassbender movie, um, in this. And he seems like someone who has taken all of those influences and sort of uh, sharpened them into like a really singular sense of art direction and visuals and a commitment to old-school techniques um, most of the special effects I believe are all in camera. So like when you see a, what is clearly like people in front of a video or, uh, of another f- scene or whatever, it's not a green screen. It is in fact rear projection. Like they would have shot like Godzilla or, or uh, King Kong, like back in the thirties. So there's a lot of like rear projection. There's a lot of like in camera, double exposures and stuff like that. And all of that builds to a movie that is utterly captivating. Um, and every given moment, which is good because I think, on the whole, it's not really a complete thought. I think it is a lot of separate ideas sort of working together uh, or mm. spinning off out of each other. I don't think he's necessarily interested in like telling a single story with a single moral. I don't think there's any one character arc in this movie that like sort of sums up the theme uh it just it just seems like a lot of dense symbols and images and ideas sort of all bubbling together and there's a sort of a sense of chaos to it um and so rather than it being like this is how i feel about gender it's more like this is sort of all of these different ideas filtered through all of these different movies that i like and what comes out is a fascinating mess that means different things depending on the angle you look at it. But first and foremost, it's beautiful and it sounds great. Like the music and everything is just incredible. And so yeah. you don't actually need to finish the movie and go, ah, yes, now I know what that was about to mm. you know. find it fulfilling.
2: <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know about, about all of you, but I thought of um, Island of Lost Souls a lot. Certainly. Like With a lot of the yeah the island sequences And especially like you said King Kong And, and like initially when you kind of see that They see the island in view And they're getting ready to land Like it definitely has like an early 30s feel to it Maybe even just some experimental Like silent films Just the different styles and techniques you mentioned So that, that was pretty interesting
1: The uh, yeah. court scene is very expressionist In a way that you yeah. would see in like Island of Lost Souls or like White Zombie One of those like very early talkies
2: Yeah
0: did, did so those we had the movies also,
2: thing going on <laughs> right did those
0: movies also have like uh naked men standing in the courtroom
1: yes <laughs> oh well I mean you go, you go back a little further to like a uh, early Jean Cocteau movie in that sort of like nether realm between silent and sound films like something uh like is it blood of a poet I think is the Jean Cocteau mm-hmm. movie like yeah. I, I think yeah you do get some of the homoerotic imagery as well okay.
0: Um. Uh, with the, I, the the with the second, maybe third time I watch it. Um, second or third time I watch this. But I was thinking of Peter Pan, in terms of the way it's casted,
3: because well, like, uh, no. mm-hmm.
0: yeah, because the, the the five boys are played by are played by women, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Sometimes I just felt like uh, taking like, taking Peter Pan then like Jules Verne and uh i guess i guess like that old school adventure story but being like Mm -hmm. but what if it's like just queer and weird and very purple or black and white at all times
1: and erotic i do think the erotic charge this is not necessarily a movie i think of as like being particularly like leering or objectifying like for all of the sort of ways it kind of pushes your buttons and you don't know how to feel it never feels like it just goes to like a super explicit sex scene or anything like that there's there's a literal like orgy on the beach at one point and the way it's shot is super chaste. uh so like he's not necessarily interested in making the most graphically sexual movie at all but the erotic charge of like power dynamics and desire and liquids and hair and bodies and all of that is just sort of like dripping over everything in this movie too
3: yeah. What it means to be free. What it means to be in control. Yep. Mm. The, the one thing, uh, one movie or book, I guess, whatever. The, the movie I was thinking of was the, uh, um, the one where the boys get stuck on an island and somebody kills the smart one.
0: Oh, um, fuck, was
3: it called? Lord <laughs> of the Flies. S- Spider Man Three. No, yes, Lord of the Fries. Uh, fries. Exactly Lord of the, the flies. Fries. Delicious. <laughs>
0: Uh, Amanda, you're saying something.
2: Um, I no, I wasn't saying anything, but um, I oh. just a lot of it, I think, to 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 Patrick's point, a lot of it screams German Expressionism, which I thought was interesting, especially with, like the zoom-ins on people's faces, just kind of like a famous scene from Metropolis, which I think is an easy easy one to mention. Um, but I, I definitely. I mean, watching this, like I said, I want to rewatch it because I feel like I've missed a lot. And there, I mean, there's even the the obvious of like, oh, you know, like the five with the masks is like, oh, okay, Clockwork Orange. But I feel like I'm missing quite a bit in terms of uh, what else he he kind of throws in here as as something that he loves that he's referencing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
2: think I think what makes this movie interesting too is that it, it kind of to some points I think you've already all mentioned in some capacity is it does something different while instead of just being an homage to things that he likes. So I, I feel. I feel there's definitely more that, that he's saying. Um, and I think just upon a second watch, I'll hopefully grasp a little more of that.
0: Yeah, like to like me, like, I, I also get like early John Waters. It feels like yeah, like Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble, but what if it's filtered through like a more of a purpose, uh, like I don't want to say artistic, because like those movies are artistic in their own way. But like instead right. of it being trashy, and like uh, ironic and everything a joke. It's what if it's mixed with like you know experimental film instead of um, melodrama and comedy,
2: right? But then even like like scenes with them on the boat reminded me of um what's the the early '30s pre-code movie like One Way Passage. Like I was like okay, oh like, sure. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just to, to all your points. It's like there, there's a lot here and I think it's it's just impressive that it's just simply not, you know, what what I think a lot of film directors fail to do where then it just becomes something, you know, that that's just highlighting what they love instead of its own unique thing.
1: It never feels something like, like a checklist of like the yes. hip, the hip artists to reference. Um. Exactly. You know, it, it says something that it's a movie that is all about sort of the malleability of bodies and like people's mm-hmm. sort of uh, flesh sort of mutating under them. And yet at the end, when there is like a direct video drone reference, it, it kind of yes. catches you off guard regardless, because at no point were you thinking about David Cronenberg. Uh, but then when she like right. has that uh, really interesting flintlock pistol and it's like on top of all the jewelry... It's like, that's clearly the gun in, you know, James Woods' stomach in Videodrome, but also it is its own fascinating, captivating image in its own right.
2: Right, or even to your point with um, things falling off, for example. Um, <laughs> um, it's just never disturbing. I found it amusing. I was like, okay, this is, this is funny. Like, it wasn't like when I first saw Society and I was like, wow, this is gross. <laughs> like So to your point with yeah. the body horror. It, it's not, and that's why I find it interesting this is on Shutter because I
1: don't see it as being a horror movie at all. <laughs> like, so. I think it, I think it's... the people who would appreciate out there sort of 70s art house horror and stuff are the same people who would appreciate this. So I think it's like the right audience if it's not the right genre. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, well, you see on the Shudder, I noticed that
3: they don't seem to have anything less than three stars despite having a five star rating, but that movie had a three star rating. So I think that People have been watching it and just kind of bouncing off it, being like, this is, why is this on here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm glad it's on there because that means somebody's going to have the ability to watch it, whether or not right. it, it belongs on Shutter. I mean, as a heterosexual male, I am not afraid that my testicles are going to fall off.
0: <laughs>
3: yet. Yet. Thank you. Yeah, high five. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you are in your 40s it's gonna happen that's <laughs> what it,
3: happens. That's it. those God. kids those kids had the testicles of 40 year olds you see how big those things were they just yeah
2: it was amusing to my point like I was like okay yeah. <laughs> like we spent five dollars on that prop
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you're
3: gonna use it twice
2: yeah exactly
0: uh, yeah I like like well, one of the things I just love about this movie is how uh like in various parts Points they like it's making fun of like masculinity and mm-hmm. like uh, I think specifically toxic toxic, toxic, the toxic masculinity in certain yeah. ways, yeah. Like when during the uh, the when they're assaulting their teacher and the way they're just like aggressively jerking the, the fake penises is just
3: like cartoonish, and, yes, <laughs> and really it's funny. funny. It's like, yeah, oh, <laughs> is, and, is that not how you jerk your penis? Okay, well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> i agree it is it is comical <laughs>
0: like like it uh they're still having so much fun being like this making fun of like uh, of of like of men basically like, to, t- uh, to simplify simplified they're making fun of men and like penises and, and like the, this obsession with penises down to like yeah. the part the part where um the one is like trying to have sex with their friend because they know they're a girl and i was like i want to fuck you now and they're like Where'd my penis go?
1: <laughs> Swallowed it up.
3: <laughs> and it's, um, you know what?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to... And it's sort of like... Th- and this is the thing that, like, you can... You know, I've seen Bruce LeBruce movies or whatever that yeah. play in this uh play in this lane a little bit but the thing about Bruce leBruce movies is that they kind of look like crap and like they kind <laughs> of like he's just I don't I don't know I, I'm not prepared to go into a, a dialogue about Bruce leBce but basically like there is like an extra layer of craft to even the penis falling off joke where it's like it shows the penis landing in the water and then like with perfect comedic timing the wave washes it away <laughs>
2: yeah and he, like she's going to grab it
1: there's like there's like a certain there's like a certain co- comedy choreography going mm-hmm. Going on uh, that is just like it it goes that one step further. And it's and I don't think this is a movie that necessarily looks at James Whale as a touchstone at all, despite him sort of operating at the same time period. But something I always appreciated about James Whale is James Whale would make the most ridiculous movies, but the thing he would take deadly serious is the craft of telling the story of the ridiculous movie. And that's why Mm -hmm. you can have something as campy as Bride of Frankenstein still be like very moving and and sincere. And it's because visually he tells that story he's completely committed and I feel like uh, Bertrand Mandico uh, doesn't it doesn't matter how outlandish and surreal the content gets he is absolutely committed to making sure that, like, there's a part where uh, the captain's walking them all through this, like, stinging grass. And just the absolute, like, the, the specific puppetry of the way the grass is, like, whipping at them is so yeah. funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, you just know people are down there, like, waving those around. It's great. <laughs>
1: it's, and it's just, and there's just, like, all those little fit and finish details throughout the whole movie is really what makes uh, makes it sort of a step beyond.
2: Yeah. I don't know, the part that had me dying, too, initially was when the captain's like, do you want to see it? <laughs> and he was, like, describing, like, the island that's tattooed, like, on his dick and everything, and I was like, okay. I was like, "This, you know what, this is pretty, this is pretty, uh I was expecting this, pretty accurate with the toxic masculinity piece, but, like, I don't know, I was dying. I was laughing at that scene.
1: It's like, a map on it, and I was like, okay. Like... <laughs> But also, like, as as a queer man, I could say, like, that's a very hot scene. Like, the idea of just the man being like, yeah, this is someone from Sumatra who bit too hard. I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, please don't wrap the rope around my neck. (laughs)
2: Oh, my God.
0: We got, the, we got there soon we you got your
2: clip Spencer to put on on a X or Twitter and be like hey listen to this episode it's <laughs> just that yeah. scene right there
0: as soon as I learn how to do that yes yeah so uh, I, I guess I I guess like a big question I want to get to is um, does it uh, we, had, we talked about the, um, the Matrix earlier but uh, maybe not on record whatever, but uh, is this this is a dumb question I guess, but is this a trans movie? Does that does that really matter or is it just more about like the concept of gender and human body?
3: Huh. You didn't you didn't say your thing by the way.
0: Oh fuck, you say it then.
3: Trans rights <coughs> are human rights. Get involved in local, you know, organizations and stuff like that. We have voices and if we stand up with the people that don't have voices like ours, then we help and make the world a better place and
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. I so my personal belief is I I, I don't necessarily I'm not an expert on Bertrand Mandico. My understanding is mm-hmm. he is a cis male um mm-hmm. director. He this is and this is a movie to me that does not feel personal. This doesn't feel like Like, this is what it feels like to be trans. This is what it feels like to struggle with one's gender. This is what it feels like to be pulled in different directions by your desires and your society and what your friends want you to do and this and that. It doesn't feel personal in that way. It feels like that is sort of all a stew that he is, uh, uh, that's like part of the stew of ideas that he's playing around with. Mm -hmm. Okay um but but at the same time like i do think you know you don't need to be you like if you are trans there's plenty of films made by people who aren't trans who are who they their work still speaks to you and can still help you understand your transness or your queerness or you know your race or whatever like there's there's so many different ways that uh, different marginalized identities do intersect and can relate and walk in parallel lines and I think you know there's a disadvantage to making a movie like this that is kind of messy and all over the place and Uh, has kind of like a strange pacing and just has more ideas than it knows what to do with. Um, But the advantage of it is as an object, it's something that as you watch it, you can only consider it. You can only, like, it's a tool with which you can sharpen your own understanding of yourself with, uh, rather than you trying to like see it as a complete work and as a single uh, statement of purpose from the director. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. yourself can look at it and be like, All right, well, how do I feel about that? Do you know? And it's. Right. And it's like, men should read feminist literature because feminism liberates men as well as women. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, if you are cis, you probably should still be constant, not constantly, but like, if you're cis, you probably should be considering gender and asking yourself questions about how you perform gender and what you think of it. Um, And that doesn't make you not cis to do those things, but that might help you sort of unlock things that you're trapped in that you didn't realize that you were trapped in. And so I think- this movie is not necessarily like a trans movie where it's like a trans artist speaking the trans experience, but this movie I think can still have value in that lane.
3: Hmm. Okay. I uh, wonder if it, that part, uh, you know, we're leaving behind, um, uh, the blonde boys name. Um, uh, they say 400 times.
2: Tan guy with the narrator.
3: Yes. tan guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tan guy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, being left reason. at the island because it's like she, he he wants to be a woman, but he hasn't completed, so we have to come back later until he's or maybe finished. He won't become one, yeah, yeah. And it's like this idea, like, oh, we have to leave them on the island, or it's their choice to stay on the island. It's it's, it's kind of a confusion on my part. It's like obviously the captain leaves the island, and now. To spoil the ending, uh, Tonga has decided to become the new captain. Uh, did you guys mm-hmm. stick around until the end of the credits? Yes. End of the credits. Uh, no.
2: Is there a bonus scene? Like there is know, a tiny,
1: Howard. tiny scene. Yes.
2: Oh damn! I didn't stick around that long. I didn't know there was like a Howard the Duck thing. I had to wait for. <laughs> <laughs> Nick
1: Nick Fury shows up and says, "I'm in the market for a 13 year old boy with one breast." <laughs>
2: well there was a scene that I was like you know what is this with all the gemstones like great here we go
3: (laughs) snapped her fingers and all of a sudden oh
2: god yeah
3: (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, Nick Fury does show up but he goes what the hell happened to my penis no uh, it's he just it's just uh, a tan guy and all of a sudden there's this dog a black dog on the island for him like it's meant to be that's all interesting
0: like the dog they had earlier that died.
3: Yep. Yep, Captain has to have uh, a dog.
2: So wait, is this like lost where they're all actually dead?
3: Uh probably. Yeah. <laughs> Without a okay. sexual tension between Well, of course. Yeah. Bros. Well, yep. I guess this does have to have sexual tension between. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think there is um Severin, Severine, uh uh and the captain are sort of foils to each other, where Mm -hmm. Severin stayed on the island and physically turned into a woman, Uh, body changed into a woman, but like when uh, the captain refers to Severin by the female name Severine, Severin corrects the captain, because Severin is still a man, despite having the body of a woman mentally, uh, gender identity still a man, Um, but, at the same time, feels very at peace with his femininity, with his body, what has changed. Uh, feels very at home at the island. Meanwhile, the captain is very uneasy on the island. Mm-hmm. The captain doesn't quite, like, he gets there, he he does what he needs to do, he gets the fruit. There's some sort of scheme going on about selling fruit that's, <laughs> I don't quite get it, the, the whole <laughs> uh, overarching plot. But, like, the yeah. captain and his one hidden breast, to me, is like... Uh, that is like he has something in him that is essentially feminine that he cannot allow himself to acknowledge, that he has to keep hidden from the world um, that is this sort of secret. And the same way that the other wild boys uh, sort of embrace their femininity and they're swimming in the water naked and they're frolicking and they're free um, at the very end of the movie, Tangi is more like the captain where it's like this, this, it's almost like a, a, a closeted sort of a thing um, that I find very right. interesting.
2: Like literally like looking through the vegetation closeted even, it was kind of like right on the nose.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know, I kind of, I mean, I think there's so many different ways you could interpret this, but from my first viewing, I kind of see this without knowing this director all that well yet and, and needing to explore what he has to offer a lot more. I kind of see this as him, just even just when we were talking about initially what movies this reminded us of. Like, as, as much as I, I probably, I love the 30s, is probably my favorite, my favorite era in film history is pre-code cinema. I mean, while there are very few <laughs> female filmmakers then, like Ida Lupino, like there's, the majority of those movies are of course very much, you know, male driven, the male gaze, and it's very much, you know, the women are idiots and, and all of that. And there's just literally no real, discussion of, of different genders or representation and I see this as him kind of taking that and being like you know what it has to be these stories have to be told in some capacity it has to change in the movies and that's kind of what I see this movie as kind of just kind of like flipping it on its head and then just being more bold with it
0: yeah I uh, even though this is the second second, or third time I've seen it like even though I really, uh, I, I really I really do like this movie a lot like uh, Patrick were saying, it is this. Uh, it's a lot of ideas kind of being thrown at the wall, and and on one hand, I I really re- I respect will I respect like something this audacious to be like. Uh, just like kind of throw this crazy idea at you and be like, well, well, this is like this is it. This is what it is. De- deal with it. How you deal with it, and. It's yeah. so, like it has that kind of that messy. So it's messy in a way that I like. Mm where it's like it's not it's not boring at any moment but it's also like i like that it has so much going on i like that it kind of has all these has a thousand different ideas on various things but Mm -hmm. uh yeah it kind of reminds me of joel uh the movie burst city the punk movie the japanese movie that's kind of rough around the edges that has like a bunch of bunch of different ideas clashing with each other, but like that's the charming part of it is that it's just it's 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 everything in one thing.
3: Yeah, I can I could see that for sure. You you know what it made me think of once again yesterday's recording that uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. Patrick and Amanda were not on, although I told you to have them on. That no, um, <laughs> we, we uh, discussing yeah. the movie opening night, which Cassavetes. Uh, yeah, oh, Cassavetes, oh, cool. and. You guys were talking about, like, couldn't really tell what the play was about or what the story mm-hmm. was and the stuff like that. And it, it, this was reminding me of that. Like, are we to, supposed to put together a cohesive story from this? Like, I, the story is that the doctor woman thinks that the world will be better if, or will all war will stop if everyone is a woman. That's part of the scheme of getting the fruit out there because that's seems to be key in transitioning or something like that um and there's no clear answer that that's okay right you've you've seen it three times tell tell Mm -hmm. me what the plot is Uh,
0: i'm not really sure a bunch of a bunch of boys get tricked into eating these hairy peaches and then stuff happens
2: and queens have never started
1: wars so definitely yeah <laughs> well that that actually <laughs> that brings up an interesting question do you think this movie is sort of e- e- reductive and gender essentialist in the mm. way it depicts men and women or do you think it's like being ironic when it's when it presents the idea of like the first time the captain shows up to the boys house before they go on the voyage he has with him an example of a previous boy that he has set straight who now is just this like, I think, I think the implication is almost like a castrato sort of thing where he shows up and he sings this beautiful, like high pitched song. And now he's so delicate and gentle. And it's because he's gone through this sort of forced feminization uh, process Mm -hmm. that the (laughs) captain, the captain has sort of put him through. And, and it's like, do you think that this is a movie that buys into that and in the idea of like the male energy is this and the female energy is this or do you think that this movie is sort of being slightly sarcastic in that sort of present presentation of gender
2: i think it's more of a comedy personally so to your point i think it's more ironic there's more sarcasm i mean just just me myself i was like wait a minute just the whole concept and the idea of of turning men into women for the sake of less war and, was, and just to my point i just made like I, I did a little like i'm not a huge history buff i know enough and i was like mm. and i was like oh, okay and then i kind of like read a bit on you know, Europe, just 15th century, like, starting point up until, like, I don't know, I think, like, the late 18th century, and then it's, like, more wars were started by by queens than kings during that whole entire 400-year period, so I was like, ah. So I just I just think there's, to your point, I, I, I don't think this is necessarily serious um, as, as interesting as it is. I don't think it, it's fully, I don't, I don't think he fully believes uh, that, to, to make my point, which is what what the characters do. I think they're all so flawed in, in this other, kind of flipping it, and then not recognizing that there are there are issues regardless if that makes sense because people generally are flawed
0: yeah, um i see it as more ironic because like has yeah. that has like early john waters energy have like kind of the that's like the, like the, like like the the, the uh, very specific kind of weird humor in it so like to me it just feels like it's not being serious it's <clears throat> like i think it's saying like the the doctor character is also crazy just like the captain right. but crazy in a different way
2: well it's dr moreau in a sense so that's why i yeah, that was basically kind of yeah as so i was really thinking of that island of loss it literally is a lot of that um and then um what's that other um film from uh, it the most dangerous game i mean obviously they're not hunting each other but it reminded me of that as well kind of just it, it's this involuntary experiment that that they're put into
1: and I and, and that, also it's it's worth noting like Doctor Moreau played by Charles Lawton a, a yes. queer coded character, correct? Uh, I, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Most Dangerous Game. I think that might be true of the uh, villain in that as well, but I can't I can't say that for hundred percent certainty there.
3: Mm.
0: Uh, Joel, do you think it's the it's being ironic or being sincere?
3: Well, I think that has to do with the Patrick was saying the incomplete idea thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it's definitely supposed to be funny you know, they, oh, yeah. like you you can't deny that mm-hmm. um, but they're putting all kinds of things I mean he I'm not sure there, there's so many ideas that are just dropped in as these things that you can decide you want to follow a path down like I already was thinking uh, mentioned that like most women characters um, are. You know, just passed over in non-existence or blah 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 mm-hmm. back in those days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, the first woman we see is killed right off the bat, right. and then the second woman we see is just a decoy to get these idiots on the boat, and then right. from there, you know, it's a it's a matter of like, is it a woman? Is it a man? Does it matter? The answer is no, or is the answer yes? Or who cares? It's it's about uh, <laughs> the second thing I was thinking about. When they get caught up in those plants, you know whether it's like a huge web or, or whatever, they have yes. to like lose their dignity or mm-hmm. lose this idea of of what can be done to be able to finally set themselves free. And right, so, oh, you the, the gooey stuff they get stuck in. Yes, <laughs> yes, the, 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 the stuff the that stu- you can only escape with your urine or Peter oh, yeah. Pan's urine. Because that shot <laughs> yeah. where um, Hubert is up there just like you have to pee and peeing on them like it's fairy dust and then the, you literally see whoever <laughs> kind of like slowly come down from the sky it's like oh okay lost boys urine yeah makes sense mm-hmm.
1: that's i mean that, and that's certainly like a, a very classically sadomasochistic idea um mm-hmm. and like it's it, it's one of the it's like if if you read erotic uh, fantasy literature uh, that was published in the 70s, <laughs> which maybe I have. we would like, do that, Patrick. Uh, maybe. There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> fantasy constructs, let's say, to play oh. out these very real dynamics that it's like, actually what I want is an excuse to right. sort of lose my dignity and become an animal in the sexual act and we will invent a potion that will make that possible <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> mm-hmm. um
2: I don't know and, and just kind of talking about just when I mentioned like involuntarily you know they, they are they, they, it's not by choice it's essentially you know what it also reminded me of was um the, the freaking Disney movie from the 40s a Pinocchio like <laughs> Like, yep. It's it's also similar to that you know they're they're taken to Pleasure Island they're they're given all these you know there's that scene with them you know, oh. uh, you know have be you know taken on these pleasures and whatever and then ultimately you know here instead of turning into donkeys they turn into women I mean does Bertrand like Pinocchio? <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Although like, I don't think there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think the implication implication in Pinocchio is that they're gonna eat eat them because donkeys yeah. uh, in Italy are are delicate are delicacy. No, they're
3: gonna have sure. sex with them.
2: Well, I mean, you know. yeah, that too. So Right. So to, to my, like, you know, again, it's it's not, you have to, you have to lose all sense of, of self-control and realize that you're powerless. So.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the filmmakers I thought of as I was watching this was uh, Helene Catet and Bruno Forzani, who are the directors of Strange Color of Your Body's Tears and mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. The Corpses Tan. Um, and th- I Such think. Such a cool movie. I think those movies are really cool. I don't think they have as much going on. <laughs> like uh I, I No, think... they're just literal like like uh, homages to like Giallo movies. Like you yeah. know yeah. Like, yeah. they they feel there, so there's... much there's... more empty. Yes. A hundred
2: percent.
0: Yes. They they the, the movies look cool, but also it's just kind of like it's more excuse to be cool, less yeah uh ideas. Like there's like, there's like, whatever, I,
1: I... there's sexual anxiety and like domestic uh, sort of strife or whatever expressed in strange color your body's tears, but I don't think anyone ever had a revelation watching it other than damn, this looks neat. I should watch Deep Red again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like, very, I, very I, cool with
2: edibles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, uh,
0: uh, yeah. Let, let, let the Corpses Tan is basically like if you were like, if I was 15, it'd be greatest movie ever made, but mm-hmm. I, I was 25 when I saw it, so it was not the greatest movie ever made. <laughs>
2: I'm actually looking at it on my shelf right
0: now. <laughs> it's interesting, but it's also like, okay, I get it, you like you like the and Tarantino. I, I understand.
1: Yeah. But an, but on the other trip. hand on the other hand, like like um Mandigo, like they are people who have really fully digested the material they're interested in and mm-hmm. like they have really immaculate taste. And right. so strange color your body's tears as far as empty experiences go it's one of the most spectacular <laughs> I've ever seen <laughs> oh, e-
2: exactly yeah
0: yeah uh, Joel have you seen e- either of those movies?
3: no no I was thinking of knife plus heart oh yeah cool. Person. very cool Yeah
0: because um, the the doctor she looks like she would fit in right she'd fit in with like the uh, the uh, the porn people in knife plus heart.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, and uh okay. So, uh, so uh, I, I guess one question I have is about the 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 colors, because my mm-hmm. fiance uh, uh saw some of it and was just like, this is weird. I I want to leave, and with the, the color switches, this confused her and i was like i don't know it's artsy is there like a a purpose to to the switch in black and white to like feed the vibrant color to you guys or is it just like it looks cool because i'm not really sure i don't know
1: patrick do you know (laughs) Uh, i i i I know one thing for sure because i did read a Mm -hmm. couple interviews and i do know that because it was shot on film uh, basically, mm-hmm. the way this movie got made is he had all of these scripts for feature films that were way too ambitious. And it's like, dude, you're an experimental French filmmaker. No one's going to give you $70 million to make your epic. Like, pump your brakes. Unfortunately. Finally, yeah. a producer approached him and was like, look, you make you, you turn in a script that you can make for a million dollars. I'll produce it no matter what it is. Like, I'm, I'll just back you. But, like, it has to be something that's not su- too expensive. So part of the idea of the wild boys is like, how do I get across this like really um, ambitious vision um, I- under a reasonable budget? And part of that is I'm shooting on film because that aesthetic is very important to me. That texture is very important to me. The visuals, they speak for themselves. Like that was a good choice. He ma- he shot on film. Um, but like black and white film is cheaper. Um, it's much yep. easier to light. So it's quicker. You can do more setups when you're shooting black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, uh That way. And it's much easier to match studio shots with shots on location, which this you know, despite feeling um so theatrical and so artificial, like there is a fair amount of location shooting as well, and it's a lot easier to contrast match than it is to color correct. So part of the black and white was absolutely just budgetary, how do I get this movie made black and white. The fact that I'm constantly referencing, you know, the pre-code era. Certainly, Mm -hmm. you know, like that also clicks in fine, but um, there was a practical concern there. Um, I think personally, like the first shot of Trevor, which is uh, what the boys sort of collectively refer to as, I don't know if in A Clockwork Orange, it's been forever since I saw that movie, if they have a word for like, I guess the old ultraviolence is how they sort of refer to their sort of intense antisocial instincts to sort of rape and murder. But, like, Mm -hmm. in this movie, it's Trevor. Um, Trevor. Yes. And that first shot of Trevor, this, like, diamond encrusted, beautiful, bejeweled, like, skull totem with glitter falling around it underwater. um, It's like, it's the perfect mix of just, like, fabulous and dangerous and gay and ridiculous and really just beautiful to look at it is it Mm -hmm. is just one of those objects that is like okay he knows exactly what he was going for and he nailed it and the fact that I think that is if that's not the first shot that's in color that's like a prominent like early splash of color in the movie like the effect of that sudden shift to color to me justifies everything I don't think there's necessarily like the color scenes are taking place in their mind the black and white scenes are taking place in reality anything like that no but no. but that first shift of color with trevor uh was just like so great to me that uh that that to me is like yeah you know he did he chose he chose correctly
2: <laughs> yeah it's the most memorable one i think i don't remember if it's the first year point but like back to the pre-code like it made me think of um the the two strip technicolor they did like dr x oh yeah and then uh and then murder of the wax museum like it doesn't have that look but kind of like so I thought that that was interesting. So it made me think of that. But to your point, I, I, no- I didn't notice any of the scenes having anything to do with, with a particular, like, change in location or setting or, you know, a mood or something or some sort of different situation characters were going under. It just kind of seemed to be like he thought, oh, this would be cool to be in color in this scene. Um but yeah, it, it definitely has a feel similar to I think even Murder of the, M- the Wax Museum is the other one. Or even like you um, know isn't...
1: Phantom of the Opera has like some scene, yeah. scenes that were shot in the two-strip Technicolor and then some scenes yep. that were shot in black and white.
2: Yep, yep. It, it,
0: was it um was a was a ratio like like a the old timey ratio because it looked like uh, at least on my TV that it it wasn't full screen. <laughs> That's uh, sixteen whatever millimeter. It, okay, yeah I, I don't know film stuff so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome yeah, to dark do. habits i don't know film stuff <laughs> yeah
3: you mean you don't, don't know out the, out the to. technical part of film <laughs> stuff eh?
0: yes there you go I, I don't know like the technical part of film stuff i i can i know the other stuff but when it comes to like camera types and what what 16 millimeter looks like i, like, I don't fucking know and mm. it. it it's a movie. I don't know.
1: So it is a um, interesting aspect ratio. It is one point six six to one. Um, I'm try. I just googled it, so I, I don't have a lot of info. I'm literally like reading a uh, uh, Google results right now. But uh, I did look Lice. up on IMDb. And this is not a typical widescreen format. So you, you noticing it was slightly off, that is correct. It is a, yeah. a yeah. different sort of uh, ratio. Your TV's okay. Yeah.
0: Cause wasn't <laughs> um, the lighthouse also uh, uh, a, a, sp- a specific ratio too?
2: Yes, it was. I can't remember what it was, but it was. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was, I was like, oh, this is very like uh, the lighthouse with uh, all the scenes on with the captain. Um. oh
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe like william Defoe, uh, was that you <laughs> well yeah, yeah actually <laughs> it, it, it's really weird that they that he reunited with uh, pattinson just recently and uh
2: yeah
3: yeah
0: i, I love the Defoe scene so much yes no uh
3: the when you're talking about changing or film ratio or yeah huh? uh, projection sort of thing i was thinking a uh, grand buddha t- past hotel which you brought up earlier but that one transitions to a couple of different formats depending on who's telling the story
2: yeah so it, it fit kind of to your point the the, the, the the stories that were being told whereas this i'm just i don't know i think we just kind of felt that it looked cool but i do need to see it again
3: <laughs> It's supposed to get i wonder if it's supposed to get the feeling like you've this is like a lost film like this is something a documentary you know that is made in the like i i was getting um vibes of uh, what's what's that movie that uh, 12 monkeys is based on that short um
0: oh uh lach La
3: yeah. kind of thing yes yeah and it feel like that feels like a mysterious item and i think that's that's what he was going for there here for a lot of things not not just in what was happening on screen but you know having those rounded edges there it's like i'm i'm peeking through a porthole into a movie where occasionally we are looking through a porthole and uh, yeah right. i don't know what i'm talking about i I, I mean i think
1: i i don't think like this is definitely a movie that you can sort of compare to guy madden i think a guy madden movie is is sort of intended to feel like it fell out of a time portal um in, like, an alternate Literally version like of Dawson 1931. City. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, it was found in the bottom yeah. of a river. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, yep. but, uh, but I think this movie is meant specifically to confound you in that yep. it doesn't feel like it fell out of the 30s, but then it also, parts of it, like, it doesn't feel like it was made in 2017 either. And parts no. of it feel like ni- in the 70s, and then parts of it feel like the 20s, and then parts of it are very have to be the 21st century just in terms of content Mm -hmm. and things like that and um I think I think I think it's specifically supposed to be at odds with itself in that way so that it is like a less comfortable watch uh in in some ways it's it's meant to sort of provoke you it's a provocative movie and i think that is in pure aesthetic terms i think that's one of the way it provokes you is the blending of all these different influences into a single thing that isn't any one thing for
2: better reasons than the movie men that came out the same year (laughs) (laughs)
1: like i was
2: uncomfortable in that movie for for like because what the hell is going on not because oh geez this is interesting (laughs) and it has good things to say Um, But yeah, men, I'm not a fan of that movie, not to change the topic. (laughs) I think I'm the
3: only fan of that movie in existence, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) It was just the right movie at the right time for me, and everyone else was like, no, that movie's like, I didn't, I didn't get, I was like, uh, it was a vibe, man.
2: I mean, the best part of that for me was the, the theater's reaction to the ending and people deciding to leave early. It was like, really? You probably only got like 10 more minutes. I think you can hang out here.
1: <laughs> it just started to get interesting. Come on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I I'm never sorry, saw Spencer. Do you like men? No. Okay. I don't know. It came out during... Uh... If, if basically, if a movie comes out during the school semester and it's oh. not an Indian action movie, I'm not going to watch it. Understandable. Um, and that came out during spring, so I was like, uh, I'd, I'd rather just stay home and <laughs> then see that movie.
1: I so I uh, yeah I'm a uh, welcome to the men cast everybody. Uh, I'm a <laughs> I'm an Alex Garland skeptic. I'm not a fan of Alex <laughs> Garland. He seems like someone who for, who for me is kind of like hacky and can simulate a better filmmaker doing something that is actually interesting. And his is like, I, and I think actually in some ways men is an interesting counterpoint to this movie because men feels like Alex Garland looking at the marketplace and going, yes. what's hot? Ari Aster is hot. Uh, witchy kind of pagan stuff is hot. I'm going to take this green man from this Celtic uh, myth I'm going to combine it with like super in your face Ari Aster trauma, and then it's going to sort of mash it together. And now it's an A24 horror movie. And I have fulfilled a slot in the marketplace, and this is men. Take it or leave it. And this. That should be on the poster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, that's, that's my rave review. That's the Put Blu- the polka right the on there. <laughs> Fulfills a slot in the marketplace. I'll, um, just, uh, I'll just be over here with my Blu ray. um anyone wants to, I don't know. Maybe we could um, of, uh, hang out. I, I, and then and then after this, we'll 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 limit ourselves to two other things we don't like about Joel, and then we'll move on. Um, okay. No, but, uh,
2: but Joel, do you like Mother? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I've never Uh-oh. seen Mother because Uh-oh.
3: I I got the feeling I was not going to like it. So
1: hold on, let me click the raise your hand button right here because I accidentally am the Mother person. Um, no, no, but, but like the wild boys doesn't feel cynical in any kind of like, this is hot right now. This is, you know, like, oh, people are, you know, like, it would be really cool if I could tag some sort of queer ideas or whatever. This totally feels like a movie that had to come out. Uh, that uh, Bertrand Mandigo had to make this movie in some way and whether no one saw it or it became the next big thing totally irrelevant in his head while making it
0: right yeah, and that brings me to like one of the things I like about Mendico's work is that like uh, I'm, I'm and this might sound more negative than I tend but I, I appreciate that there's definitely more queer art and more queer uh, movies and TV right now but mm-hmm. at the same time, the queer art in movies that I like is stuff like this or like early John Waters or like uh, uh, Jean Cocteau. Like right. I, I lean more towards the more er, er, exper- experimental and out there and it's kind of the more uh, like Pasolini too. Like this where it's not trying to be mainstream at all. It's just this this, uh, this one artist in their, in their particular vision. And only they can make it that way. So, I guess, yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, a- auteur theory or whatever. But, because uh, yeah. like, there's stuff like Happy Death Day that's, like, you know, a, a gay horror movie. But, like, I kind of, I don't know. I not, I'm not interested in watching that. I'd rather watch Knife Plus Heart. That's, like, has weird, uh, a weird energy to it.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of it, to your <sighs> point, is just clearly, like, you know what? We're going to do this because market research says... So,
1: exactly. I think, I think diversity has sort of been so <laughs> thoroughly co opted by the corporations that it's like, oh, big time, like across the board, uh, absolutely. Like, make no mistake, everything should be more diverse. If there is some streaming trash sitcom, like, there's no reason why there shouldn't be a gay character or a trans character mm-hmm. or more people of color or whatever. But, like, that is not a victory. That's, you know, like, the to for me, no. when I think about like the promise of diversity is that it, like it frees all of us. Because it because you are exposed to ways of thinking that you never thought of before and suddenly you are freed from your sort of previously myopic worldview and you need someone to sort right. of give you a hard shove in that way. And if you and when it's just like the same media that existed before but now in more colors, then it's like, Well, this is this is not really elevating anybody. <laughs>
2: No, it's doing a disservice, honestly, because right. it's,
1: it's doing it for for
2: for reasons yeah. we've discussed, where, and you just mentioned, and it's empty, and it, yeah, it, there's have, no there's no meaning to it, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: I have similar yeah. feelings on current Black Hollywood stuff, but I oh, big time! Don't wanna, I don't want to talk about that right now, like Green Book. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a uh, lot uh, of I'll,
2: Green Book more than there is, you know, actual cinema I'll, that would be interesting uh, yeah, and important. Octavia yeah. Spencer, fucking mm-hmm. something. You know, I, I... The harm she's done. <laughs> You're uh, not going to see the Color Purple remake? Come on. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm
0: just kidding. Uh, 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 actually, funny story. Uh, I, for the <laughs> Spike Lee season, I contacted the director to interview because oh. he had a oh. movie, has a movie on Netflix that okay. I really like. Uh-huh. And his manager, it, it's been long enough. I don't give a shit anymore. His manager responded <laughs> once. I gave a vague timeline of, within the year, I'm not picky. No yeah. response. <laughs> oh,
1: oh well. Wow. So I, I
0: like, What?
2: I can go.
1: you what
3: <laughs> oh, no, uh, I, say, I
1: I was gonna say like i something i I think about a lot is the first Spike Lee movie speaking of Spike Lee that I ever saw mm-hmm. was bamboozled. Because the uh-huh. the DVD artwork was very scary to me, and I didn't understand what the hell kind of movie it was, but I thought it might be a <laughs> horror movie, so I was I like, straight
2: out of Ghost World. I was like, is my art teacher going to get mad? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> so I, mean, I was. It is a horror. To me, it is a horror movie. No, it it it's, horror true. it's.
1: It literally references the shot-on-video horror movie Black Devil Doll at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but like. <clears throat> I was 13 years old and I checked it out from the library and I'd never seen a Spike Lee movie and I had no context for anything. And I'm like a fucking 13 year old white boy. And it's like on a textual level, on a textual level, I was someone who was, you know, watching whatever UPN sitcoms, whatever the hell at the time. And, Mm -hmm. like, this made me think about what the movie's actually about. It made me consider all that in a dramatically different way than I ever had before. (laughs) And it was consciousness-raising, and it elevated me. But then also, that movie is so weird (laughs) that, like, on a kind of a more important level, it, like, informed, oh, movies, like, the art form can be this other thing. And, like, to mm-hmm. me, that's, like, the ultimate promise of more diverse creators. It's not like, oh, we get more Marvel movies, but this one is directed by an Asian woman. The the What I want is a movie that has never existed before and could only exist because an Asian woman made it. And when I see it, I go, what the fuck? That's incredible. Um, and Bamboozled, yeah. for me, is, like, in my own personal history, that was, like, that movie for me. Um, and so, and like, I, I think I always keep in the back of my hi- mind when I'm thinking, like, how excited should I be about whatever new t- diversity striving the Hollywood has set out for? Like, not at all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately.
0: Uh, j Dog thoughts on like the forced
3: diversity thing, whatever. Uh, whatever we've been talking about for the past five minutes. Well, I don't know if uh, you you know, but there was an episode mm-hmm. of South Park. Just kidding. Fuck that. <laughs>
2: um. Oh, damn.
3: I just don't have any. As a, yeah. a heterosexual white, a passing white male, I'm I'm half Mexican, but you're not going to notice that by looking at me. Um, my opinion is that there should be more men. No, I, I don't <laughs> fucking
1: know. And by more men, you mean Alex Garland's Men, Clearly. a fine horror yes. film.
3: There should be more movies like Men. Like, why aren't there just <laughs> movies that that will bring them back uh, to the theaters? Uh, I don't know. I don't. No. Uh, 2017 was an interesting year for movies. That's not when Men came out, but I'm just looking at like thinking about diversity just within this year, and
2: mm-hmm.
3: there's not much, honestly. It, like the the most when it comes to diversity is there's a lot of more female led media, but
2: for the for the same reasons, just market research says. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Hence the Marvels. Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my no. favorite movie of the I'm just kidding. It's
2: not. Aw, you're the person that saw it. Okay. <laughs> I
3: am, actually. Yeah, Yay.
2: Yeah. It's because
3: I love Kamala Khan, as, in, you know, whatever mm. to the other two people. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> I think one of them was not a
0: Spike Lee movie, Farmer, correctly. Interesting. Um, Photon? Which one, is it? which one is it? Is it, uh,
2: not
1: Are we Chirac? Are the Marvels right now?
0: Yeah, she, no, <laughs> she's no, she's in Chirac. In Chirac. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Okay, a Shireen. Yeah, she's a Shireen.
3: Shri- can,
1: can I just say I, I I misinterpreted what Spencer was saying, and I mm. think we, I thought he was talking about the the MCU in general. He's like, yeah, I think one of them was in a Spike Lee movie. Hmm, I can't yep. think of it. And I'm like, motherfucker, you post that Anthony Mackie clip every single day of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know which Marvel movie character? Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I know that's that's Falcon's best performance.
3: Oh wait, isn't isn't um what's what? his name <laughs> uh damn anthony mackie nick fury nick fury shows up in that remake of old boy so that's a oh, horrible yeah, movie uh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> the, the, i think that was a big reunion for them because they had a big fight or whatever years uh, oh, really? i think tarantino was the reason they had a big fight and thanos probably. is
3: also in that movie jeez
0: louise Oh, yeah, he's that. Wait, isn't, and, isn't Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, Witch? Oh, my God. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Holy shit. What's, what's that guy who's in charge of that? Kevin, what Avengers Kevin, movie is this? Kevin Feige. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, as you put on this random movie, hey, I like these actors. You get that Chalto Copley. He can be, uh, I don't fucking yeah. know.
0: <laughs> Gotta get the, the, the guy who played Frey Mercury. Oh God! <laughs> no. He's in two Spike Lee movies, the two remakes, oh, I forgot he, and he was gets in killed. There. He gets killed on screen in both Spike Lee movies. Yeah. He's in
3: actually. Good. Okay. Oh, okay. he's like in one of one of Spike Lee's worst, and one of like yes. my favorite Spike Lees of all time.
0: That's
3: yeah. funny. Yeah,
0: he he gets killed on screen in both, which is a weird coincidence to me. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, oh yeah. One thing I forgot to mention because we kind of went way everywhere on this <laughs> is that um, it's my fault i'm sorry it doesn't matter <laughs> so
2: super, i'm no longer uh, your top guest or super whatever. mario
3: rpg i want to mention that. oh that's great yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. i mean you've been on enough you know I, I don't really care it okay if, if we go off topic for like half an hour or whatever if when you
2: stop um, inviting me i'll know <laughs> <laughs>
0: that will never happen Aww, but thank you. uh one one casting thing about this that made me that made me, with a wild Boys that it made me think of a Melvin Van Peebles with the watermelon man. Cause oh, our, our initially yes. with watermelon man, they wanted Alan Arkin to be in blackface for most of the movie. But Van what? Peebles had a crazy idea. What if he got a black actor to be in white face for five minutes of the movie? And they're like, that'll save money. That's a good idea. <laughs> 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 but like, it also makes the movie significantly better mm-hmm. and having like this whole, uh, the, like how how this movie played with gender, uh, mm-hmm. having the th- the five boys played by women just adds that <coughs> extra quality of like kind of fucking with gender and like making a bigger statement out of you know the like I guess the concept oh. of gender and whatever.
2: Yeah, or because like I said to you, like they spent like five dollars on like the penis and balls pop- prop, and then maybe like if they had to do like boobs, it would have taken them over budget. Yeah, that's true. They also only had that one hoop <laughs> for the captain. Did you see? Yeah, <laughs> sorry.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: well, well, John. I know sometimes you bring this up. Did you think any of the nudity or anything was exploitative or went too far? Did did any of this movie make you uncomfortable, or were you just confused the whole time, or like what, what was your experience watching this?
2: Who'd you ask this to? Joel. Oh. Wow.
3: Well, as a heterosexual cisgender, <laughs> I'm going to start off all my opinions that way. Really. Um, I don't actually. I wasn't confused by the movie because mm. it. Sometimes it's. I can't remember the last movie that was like significantly like what the fuck is going on here, because when that actually happens, that it's uh-huh. kind of a bad sign. That's like not a good way. For the movie to be going if i can just watch something like this and and get into the flow of things which is what this movie does it grabs you and you're just like okay i'm along for this ride then uh i don't know that like it doesn't matter that it doesn't make any sense like this mm-hmm. movie's more okay. you know like i was talking about my favorite movie men it's, it's like a vibe <laughs> <laughs> and as for, you know exploitative nudity no i think that this movie is is made very tame for yeah i mean like sex scenes and also violent scenes just for the most part were off camera or yeah. or otherwise um and that could also be but for budgetary reasons but it's also yeah i don't know if it it's the whole thing
0: okay at some point son oh oh no i I
1: was gonna say I, i i do think the nudity in this movie is very interesting in that when i watch this movie when the island has sort of finally sees them and they are their bodies start transforming into women's bodies by the end of the movie it's hard to say like do these characters identify as women or not like I don't know. I feel I feel weird saying definitively mm-hmm. these are boys or girls or whatever by the end. But like right. when their when their bodies start uh, growing breasts and when their penises fall off, um, <laughs> like I I, it, I will say it's very interesting to me that my mind has up to this point because it's a long movie too. So you're really following these characters as these boys, and I do think the actors are doing a good job as well. I think yes. the performances are all very good. Um, like when you see their breasts it doesn't take me out of it. They don't get upstaged by it. I look at them and I go, right. oh no, those boys have grown breasts. <laughs> like mm-hmm. in my mind, they are, they are still male <laughs> characters whose sort of bodies are rebelling against them. And that right. I think in general, like it is very difficult to make a movie where actors are not upstaged by their own nudity um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was like in the commentary track for Out of Sight, Steven Soderbergh talks about how he hates nudity in movies because all of a sudden you're no longer watching characters; you're watching a documentary, and it's like you can't have nudity in the sex scene between George Clooney and J.Lo because then it's like you're not thinking about oh that's the character topless; you go oh that's famous actress Jennifer Lopez topless, and it's right. all of a sudden takes you out of the movie. And it's there's a there's very few instances I can think of where like someone is nude in a movie and it doesn't suddenly become like this documentary sort of feel where you go, Oh, wait a second. I'm seeing a human being naked. I'm not used to that. Oh, Oh, okay. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Back in the movie or whatever. But this is absolutely one of those times where all of the nudity in this movie, whether simulated through the penis props or, or real, like it to me reads as extensions of the story and characters never as like, and this is the part where you get to see actors naked
2: right it's not sexualized as weird as that is to say with the, the theme of this movie right um yeah um i mean i speaking for myself i mean clearly the, the, quite a few of the scenes are disturbing and i think they're more disturbing um the like the initial like like rape scene in the beginning mm. um and then the, the 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 potential rape scene until uh they realize their you know their penis has fallen off um i think they're they're just a little more upsetting just because you don't really see everything that's taking place it's kind of a lot of it's off screen yeah um and I think that kind of definitely just adds more to just that that uncomfortability factor and but so I don't think I think a lot of times when scenes like that are done um just generally in movies uh, it just doesn't I think I spit on your grave is one of them uh like it just doesn't it comes across as, as being sexualized as, as disturbing as it is and uh definitely I think kind of just fits some fetishes people have and it, it's not as disturbing and doesn't convey the right message so I think that that's something this movie does really well um, And to your point with with just the nudity it works with the story without taking you out of it and I think there's um, I'm trying to think of a movie I saw recently where it kind of did that a bit but then again um, the director uh, is definitely definitely uh over sexualizes characters in his movies for for the sake of his stories uh benedetta <laughs> did you guys see that paul verhoeven oh movie? sure
3: oh, yeah well, i yeah. forgot it existed dang Aww. i'll have yeah, to watch I mean, it. But
2: it, it i mean but that's that but that's the movie i mean i guess it, at its core hmm. but um but it's still I, I for me watching that it didn't take me out of it if that makes sense um but yeah i think that's something that kind of shows that he you know his focus and what he's trying to say isn't simply, you know, oh, it, it doesn't feel like what we just talked about with uh, just the the forced diversity. The, the, the market research aspect doesn't feel like he's being told, oh, hey, now you got to get the audience's attention and and show them boobs. Like it, it doesn't have that that feel um, to it and that emptiness. If that makes sense, mm-hmm.
1: I feel very bad for any teenage boys who are having a sleepover and they're like, we're gonna watch The Wild Boys, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rubbing what's their, what's their the hands together, boys. or yeah.
2: Or, or somebody makes a mistake of being like, "I love this movie," thinking it's the
1: Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is the I, oh, yeah. this is gayer. This is Lost Boys. Where are the vampires? Gay. Yeah, Lost Boys is gay. <laughs> this is gayer. This is too much. Right? Where the hell are the vampires?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I feel like this movie for some people will awaken things in them, and hopefully for the better.
2: Yeah, I think for the better, definitely in terms That's... of just the themes. Yeah, definitely for the better.
3: So I see, like the sexuality in the movie is so explorative and and, and like curiosity based, like it, a yes. lot of like slow feeling and and like discovering and uh you know the the scene with the boys all having their orgy on the beach is shot in in the way that it's I don't know it. hmm.
0: Do you mean when that when they have the sailors there, or just the the, the boys?
3: No, just the boys when they after they uh, the captain dies, and they get oh, yeah. like, back on the island.
0: Yeah, that, that's one of the parts with like it. I, it's kind of like I don't want say making fun of masculinity, but it's also being like these boys are so close that they end up fucking each other. It's just like well, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's, it's I don't know. It's an interesting take on there that is stuff.
3: some place where men had no problem doing or boys had no problem doing that like i think of uh where they're jerking off next to each other on diving boards it was like what kind of i if i did if i tried to do that with one of my friends first of all they would thank me but afterwards i'd feel really weird
1: well, I, I think, I mean, Itamama is an interesting you, example. you want to go do something? No, sure. <laughs> yeah, look. Look, we'll, we'll talk about this later, off, okay. off air. Um, Itamama is an interesting movie because I think it is about two uh, young men who are attracted to each other, and oh, of because course. of the culture they're in, they can't possibly admit this to themselves or to each other, and yeah. eventually this woman becomes the sort of conduit for them to explore it, and in the end they are too cowardly to go with it and then that destroys their friendship but like there is yeah. the potential there for this can be something else we can transcend what our culture says we have to be as men um and i think that there is uh, a there part of a lot of homoerotic fantasy is like what if something extraordinary happened that gave you permission to be gay? <laughs> and it's like what you know. It's like what if you're not necessarily gay, you just happen to be in a really terrible prison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. or like what if it's like what if you don't happen to be <laughs> you, gay, but you took a potion that you thought you were a girl, and if anyone found out that you weren't a girl, something terrible would happen. So you better just go along with it. And oops, now right. you're having sex with a man. Like these sorts of uh, fantasies uh, are like part of the, uh, the fabric of like the, uh, homoerotic literary world or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think like that orgy on the beach is like, they finally have, cause they have like the movie opens with them. It's, it's an act of violence, but like in mm-hmm. their mind, it's, it's also a sex act. Like it opens with them simultaneously doing really horrible things to this woman all together as a group. And it's like, there. who's to say there isn't some sort of sublimated desire between each of the boys through that act? And now, because they are girls, and because they're like, well, we're, we're boys in our heads, but you have boobs and I have boobs, and we're <coughs> both like boobs, so this doesn't mean we're gay, you know? Um, like, I, I do think that there is sort of a through line there in terms of, like, uh, the... The thin, fantastic veneer that allows us to actually give in to our desires that were there the whole time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, the beginnings, uh, be
2: essentially, the drugs. Like, but we you know not with Beethoven's like Ninth Symphony. <laughs> like to your point. Yeah. And I guess too, it's like you know by being removed from culture here, they are on the island, so they can they can experiment right. and and not be yeah not be treated you know terribly yeah. for for being different.
3: We do get yeah, part of uh, the nutcracker like, suite later, though.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah, that, is true. that is true. I love that and, uh, music, drop.
2: <laughs> that is true. That's I was so like, good. "What the hell? Wait a minute! <laughs> 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 I got that."
1: Wild Boys yeah, is a Christmas uh, movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? We
2: should stop talking about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. We should start this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, was oh yeah. Uh, uh, I what? lost. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry about it oh I remember now like uh, Patrick like what you're saying about like the excuse of the excuse of like to indulge in certain things <laughs> for like you know straight men or or straight boys but like it's a it's thing of like uh this, I, I never had a friend like this but I always heard uh, people make this joke like they always like knew someone who was like wouldn't it wouldn't be funny if we kissed and it's always a <laughs>
3: No, um, oh. <laughs> but I've certainly seen movies where it's like they're both drunk and be like, "Oh, wouldn't it be funny?" One one of them saying that, the other one's like, uh, "I'm drunk too." Oops, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, there's a Almodovar movie that has not been covered by us yet that that also yeah. was coming to mind. Here, you know what I'm talking about, I assume.
0: The the force. Yes. transition angle yep. yeah 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 uh you mean uh, yeah you know in case in case anyone has not seen i don't want to say the title of it but i think amanda and patrick know what we're talking about Mhm. Mm-hmm. jurassic park yeah
2: yes <laughs> dominion <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: t- the the t- the tagline of the lost boys could be life finds a way mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yep
0: uh let's see i yeah uh i i i i got nothing else to say besides overall i still really like this movie yeah. it feels a little it's a little like rough around the edges but i like that it's kind of rough and mm-hmm. um uh, like in like too many ideas in one but again I'd rather watch something that ha- that is not perfect with too many ideas with too much going on than something that has nothing going on.
2: Or lots going on and nothing to say <laughs>
0: oh, yeah yeah what so this is on shutter there is a there's a blu-ray out there and oh yeah uh, uh, um joel d- do you like this movie you, you're, you're gonna say it for the end
3: yes i do like i like it i'm not over the moon uh so i i fall somewhere not in men. the middle ah, but oh yeah. okay uh,
0: amanda i think do you like this movie
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I think when I see it again, and I start to explore more of what uh, he has to offer, I will definitely, I will definitely continue to like it more and and find it, you know, just um i think i'll I'll be able to to really just kind of even just notice more if that makes sense because there's a lot going on so i I feel like i missed quite a bit on my first viewing
0: uh, did your boyfriend walk in at any point and say what what's what the fuck is happening
2: unfortunately no i was really hoping (laughs)
0: Uh, you got shown the part where the penis falls off that that would be a a funnier action honey
3: come in here honestly uh, look at this real quick
2: Honestly, I should just get it right to that scene and then I just give for him to walk in. Yep. Yeah.
1: I, I will say I watched this with my partner who is non binary and I was like, Look, if you can you throw me a line, I don't know I can't figure this movie out. And we watched it and they were like, that was interesting. I don't know what the hell this movie was about. And I go, Okay, cool. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's it's not just me for being cis. It's like it's it's fine. Aww. Okay
2: then, cool. <laughs> wow. Well. If it makes any of you feel better when um he's not a movie person, which is odd. Mm-hmm. I, I guess so when we saw Boy in the Heron, like he at the end mm-hmm. of it, I was like, "What do you think?" And, and he's like, "There's a lot of birds and sheep shifters." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's an observation, but okay, continue. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, do tell I love in the Boy in the Heron is that every time people get uh, covered in birds, you s- either they get covered in
3: bird shit too.
2: Yes, very accurate as somebody who has pet birds, 100%. <laughs>
3: Henry Winkler covered in birds.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, so, and Patrick, you like this movie a lot too. Yes. I think you said a few times.
1: But also, like, I watch this and I say, what I actually need to do is, <clears throat> now that I've seen this like three times now, I need to watch Bertrand Mendico's other films because I mm-hmm. feel like I have seen a piece of, it, it feels like a body of work that is one yep. continuous journey and I would like to see the rest of it to see like how this fits in and then I think that would be the thing that would make me return to this and sort of grok it better Oh, okay. same
0: Yeah Yeah, um, yeah uh, After Blue is streaming currently and uh, what else is there? The short films still as of now are not streaming but the Blu-ray Apocalypse After mm-hmm. is a collection of his I think it's. You said Vinegar of Syndrome
2: people. that put these all out, all of his stuff.
0: Uh, the films are Vinegar Syndrome through their Altered Innocence label. Mm. Okay. And Apocalypse After, box set, uh, is Mondo Macabre, Macabre. So I don't know if that's even still available because they did they do a limited number.
2: Yeah. No. That sucks. Okay.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, all vinegar. Well, Vinegar also does vin- London, London number two. Yeah, they do. <coughs> yeah, I broke down recently because I saw another Cynthia Rothrock movie. I don't own. It's like <laughs> that, that, One Which of my line? rules. I can't remember. Uh, Magic Crystal. Oh, one cool. of my rules for buying Blu-rays is: if there's Cynthia Rothrock, then it, then it, then it's okay to buy it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a good rule.
0: Yeah, that that's my limit. That's how I not. Sp- that's how I don't spend too much money on stupid shit. So do you <laughs> have like certain. sworn
2: to justice?
0: Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. But that that's on YouTube or it was on YouTube for in full for a long time. I so. just
2: remember seeing that on Vinegar Syndrome. So just yeah, not to tempt you.
0: I'm not crazy about her American <laughs> movies. They they're like, oh, you're a woman. Let's pair with a man who's not very interesting.
2: Well, and you literally don't want this one because I remember there's an American flag on the cover. I think. <laughs> so as a no <laughs> what's
3: the uh, what's right. the one that they talked about on uh we hate movies way back in the day china o'brien yeah that's an american one right yes okay.
0: that, uh, that's that's probably her best american one okay and can you all uh, hear
2: my furnace i'm sorry
0: no Nope. okay, okay. Woo-hoo. all right and uh yeah this movie uh yeah the wild boys is streaming places online so is after blue and you have to shell out money to get the short films. If the Blu-ray is still available, I don't. I don't even know if it still is. And uh, I'm, I'm sure they're online in other areas if you if you know where to look. But because uh, everything is, but all, I can't. I cannot guarantee their are subtitled. But uh, yeah. So. Uh, Okay, yeah, so recommendations for nine no <laughs> what, what year is this?
2: Twenty seventeen.
0: Twenty seventeen. Cause yeah. So twenty seventeen, recommendations. Um Patrick, Amanda, Joel, you, you guys can fight to go first.
1: No. I will go first.
3: Um, <laughs> um Patrick, why the... don't you go first?
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you. I won the fight. I'm the strongest. Um <laughs> So I, every time I show up here, I'm like, I'm going to show how smart and cool and interesting I am by picking some really fascinating art film from this year that no one's heard of except me. And I tell them how great it is. And every single time I pick a horror movie and guess what? I'm picking two (laughs) horror movies this time. Um, one is not that obscure. So I just, I just want to give a shout out to tragedy girls, which I think is the only worthy successor to scream that has ever been released. Um, Scream, in if viewed in a certain way, is about two teenage dinguses who find out being serial killers is a lot harder than it seems, and they just constantly get hit in the face with vases and shit. Um, that's like one lens through which you can view Scream, and then Tragedy Girls is literally about these two teenage girls who, like, it's entirely from their perspective, as they do a Billy and Loomis kind of murder spree, Um, to fuel Mm -hmm. their social media. All the trailers are horrible because they make it look like this very irritating screed against social media. What it actually is, is about how great it is that these two girls are friends. And it's really cute and it's Mm -hmm. very funny. And I love Tragedy Girls. But the more obscure movie from 2017 horror movie that I love is The Crescent. And The Crescent is a very low budget horror film. In some ways it's very typical art house grief ghost jam thing woman with her young child her husband died recently she goes away to the beach house she seems to be haunted by his ghost or something and is working it out and strange things are happening but there's one aspect of the crescent which is absolutely phenomenal which is they little her young child is like two years old and what they did was they just kind of shot a bunch of footage of him wandering around being a two-year-old two-year-olds mm-hmm. can't act they can't hit their mark or say lines so there is this documentary element in the middle of this kind of cliche art house horror movie about grief where there is just a two-year-old walking around babbling to himself and through very clever editing and sound editing it feels like there is just a child wandering around this whole movie and then, at a certain point—no spoilers. This happens about halfway through the movie, so I'm. This is the selling point. So I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for you. At a certain point, uh, some spooky ghost thing happens, and his mother disappears. And suddenly, you are watching a two-year-old wander around a house totally alone, being haunted by ghosts. And they don't—they didn't put a two-year-old in danger. It's all again clever editing and stuff. But like. Mm-hmm. The documentary aspect of just following around this little child as it acts like a little child and then suddenly it doesn't know what's happening and it's sort of like stuck to fend for itself. And it's that it's almost like this, that scene in Under the Skin where Scarlett Johansson just leaves the baby on the beach, but like mm-hmm. a yeah. movie built around the baby on the beach. Um, it is <laughs> so fascinating and it is, there's like a lot about this movie that's kind of cliched or whatever, and it has like two endings too many. So I don't wanna say this is like an all-time classic or anything, but it does that one thing so well, and it is so frightening um, that I really think more people should see The Crescent from 2017.
0: All right. and that it? Uh, th- that's it for you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know, Joel, Amanda, you guys can fight for next spot.
2: Did you want me to go, Joel?
3: Yes, please. That
2: sounds like a yes. Okay. Um... <laughs> Um, I think, I don't know. I don't think this is all that obscure, um, but, um, one of my favorite movies of the year was Columbus, uh, the Coconata movie. I don't know if you guys all saw that. Oh yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah. I love that movie. So like long story real short, um, essentially, um, it's, uh, a man goes to, uh, Columbus, uh, arriving from South Korea, Columbus, Indiana, um, to, to kind of just be with his father Um, who's in a coma and uh, just encounters a young woman who works like in the library and she is absolutely obsessed with the uh, the modernist architecture of uh, Columbus. And they bond over that. And that sounds really boring. But um, the movie itself is just wonderful. Um, Koganata is just amazing, just kind of with uh, just how he just kind of, I think, understands people, relationships, just visually. It's really impressive. Um, I think Haley Richardson is a little underrated as an actress. Um, and the movie the movie is just amazing. So I think it's definitely it's kind of like an experience. You can kind of get lost in it. And like I said, as boring as it sounds, um, I was just kind of captivated by it. And just like I said, visually, it's impressive as well. And it just works really well with the, uh, the chemistry the actors have with each other and just the story. Um, and then the other movie, I'd, I think most people would be like, oh, it's a 2016 movie, but I have it as a 2017 movie just because of the US release um, is Nocturama. I don't know if you've all seen that, too. The Bertrand Villeneuve.
3: No. No.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cool, like, thriller movie. Um, I remember it being French as well, but essentially it's a group of teenagers um, that decide to commit a series of terrorist attacks in Paris. Um, and the messages are interesting. Um, the way that it plays out for them is interesting. I don't want to spoil a lot, but they're essentially spend a big portion of the movie, like, in a huge department store, um, and like, I think it might be an interesting movie to even pair with this, to pair with the Wild Boys. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as visually as impressive, but uh, just all in all, I think it just has a lot to say, just about even, even though this is, I guess, I don't know how many years ago now, um, it definitely kind of fits current themes, current discussions, um, and it's a very, just very interesting to kind of see their reasons why, but also just how it kind of unfolds for them. Um, and just the the movie's a little like uh, tense and terrifying to watch like it's definitely not something that is a relaxing film experience um, especially with uh, everything that occurs like bombs so um, (laughs) it is uh, I definitely recommend that as well but those are my two movies
0: all right
3: Uh, Jay Diesel Wow I mean I, I want to there's so many movies that came out this year that I'm like, wow, I, I like that movie a lot but trying to step up and describe what happened or or why I like them is where I'm like, oh crap. It's like it was just a, this feeling not warmness or negativity. It was it was kind of like a like I said, my my enjoyment of movie totally goes on vibes. And this is a terrible movie to have vibes about, but uh mm-hmm. Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. Um Oh hell yeah. Yeah. You know, Joaquin Phoenix being a veteran and going through this post dramatic stuff while also having a horrific job of being a hit person. And it's it's like um it can't help but dip into the the male fantasy of, you know, I'm going to save a little girl kind of thing. But the person in here, as opposed to the typical male fantasy version of that, the, like Joaquin Phoenix's character is messed up. He is not a healthy man. And he, I don't know. It's, it connected me in the way that loneliness, sometimes you, you, Have to struggle with these things that are your brain is telling you about, and you don't have anyone else you can really share it with. You know, you're a solitary person. In that case, Uh, like that's me. I'm not a hit person, as far as I know. I I may have a secret double identity that goes out at night. it like uh, when it comes to Lynn Ramsey movies, it's probably tamer than some of the other stuff. Honestly, as from what I've heard. Well, oh, the only other one I've seen is Ratcatcher, and that's a movie I made me so uncomfortable I'm not gonna watch again. That's I'll say about that. But, um, other than that, I could just rattle off random things. Here's something interesting I do see that both movies that I'm kinda of meh on, but John Wick 2 came out this year. Mm-hmm. And so did the sequel to Kingsman. And they're both going for basically the same kind of thing. Like there's a whole secret society of assassins or in this case, like secret agents working to save the world, destroy the world, just exist, you mm-hmm. know, in between the lines. And Kingsman fails pretty, <laughs> it fails pretty bad. Uh, and for most people, I think John Wick 2, like, was still a booster on like oh, I I can't wait to see more of this like if we're going to get that uh I didn't really care for John Wick 2 other than the visuals like at that point uh, I was already tired of he's got to get revenge for something but I just think it's interesting uh, cuz that that move those two movies wouldn't come up in a comparison like Volcano and Dante's Peak did right but Similar plots, similar mm, yeah. action styles. Well, not really, but yeah. So that's my boring take. What do you guys like? Huh? huh? Okay.
0: I got uh, two real ones and one quick one. One is a hint for upcoming episode, the movie Revenge, which takes uh, the rape revenge genre. And it's like, what if it's a fun action movie? Mm-hmm. And uh, that will be an upcoming episode with Amanda. Because we're uh, pair it with another Rape Revenge movie that is takes like takes out the ugly part that I think uh, can be mis- can be easily mishandled. Yes, 100%. So, uh, yeah. So, I like Revenge a lot. It's on Shudder. The rape part is very, very brief. But uh, it's more... It focuses more... It's also, like, directed... written direct, written, direct, written and directed by a woman... And it's one of the very few to be written and directed by a woman, and it mm-hmm. shows in that like she's uh more of a person with a personality. And who knew? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So revenge, uh, really, is awesome. But the two ones I really want to get into are "Killing of a Sacred Deer." It that is my favorite comedy of the last ten years.
1: Agreed. Uh,
0: Lanth- yeah, <laughs> Lanth- 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 Lanthmost movies i don't know i don't know what it is but for some reason his sense of humor is just like the the pitch perfect of like this is the most hilarious shit in the world if you don't find it funny i get it but also what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) and uh it, it, it it's basically a movie about taking personal personal responsibility and uh it's just perfectly cast everything about it is is just like deeply uncomfortable Mm-hmm. Very messy, complicated, but it has this like that very dry, um uh like kinda of stilted, like sense of humor. This way like that's the things people say in the most dry, monotone way yeah. is just so fucking funny <laughs> and I and I don't understand how it works every time.
2: He's so good at that, it's wild.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I believe that's still on Netflix. And uh some people don't like it. My fiance watched some of it with me and she was like, I'm just, she was just like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't, I don't, I don't like this very much. <laughs> and it's like, well, I, then I, it's let's like, watch yeah.
2: the lobster.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I get it. It's not for everyone. It's a very specific yeah. kind of humor.
1: Yeah. I do remember though, and, that, that came out the same year as mother. And Yes, it did. And both the, this year, we're talking about 2017. And like in both instances, I saw them in a multiplex with, nice. with like a crowded audience who didn't know what they were in for. Mm -hmm. Um, and in both ones, I was definitely the obnoxious person in the theater, just cackling the whole time (laughs) because it was just, because they're just so insane. And like, and especially the context of like not seeing it in an art house theater or like having to rent it somewhere, but like seeing this where, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, uh, whatever big, you know, uh, guardians of the galaxy part two or whatever is playing in the next theater. Like that, that to me is just like. The icing on the cake and mm. uh i i love the hell out of killing of it it always works out well yeah yeah <laughs> you're smoking a big cigar
3: towards the front somebody had to mm. home yeah
1: home. no exactly i'm i'm to- i was totally max katie that whole
2: time mm. <laughs> nice same year that was me with song to song i don't think people knew that they were what they were in for with the terrence malick movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they were hey, leaving girl, don't,
0: you, don't you love terrence malick
3: i love terrence malick i love malick. a big terrence malick movie yes okay
0: you want you want to
3: start a you, listen me and Patrick. Oh, no. We got which a beef. One? Amanda and I have a beef now. Is that what you are saying?
2: <laughs>
3: which one, Joel? Which oh, one? Oh, which one? <laughs> um, I just don't like um, the one that was super popular. With wait, which one are you talking about, Spencer?
0: I don't know. I thought you. I thought you don't like Terrence Malik. Um, I'm trying
3: are you to talking remember. about
1: Tree of Life?
3: Tree of Life. I actually didn't see Tree of Life. I thought I did. I'm talking about the see, Ben, ben like Affleck is in one of them, and
0: oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the title.
3: Night of Cops. No, that's
1: To the Wonder. Uh, to, the wonder. The to the Wonder. Thank you.
3: Yes, that's the one. And that, like, I've seen uh, Days of Heaven, right? And, it, and yeah. that's a great movie. That's an excellent movie. That's got our boyfriend, our boyfriend Gere. Richard Gere in it. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, from the good Breathless, not that stinky old
3: uh, (laughs) uh, Godar one,
0: the good one. Yep.
3: (laughs) You just got to see the. Speaking of inappropriate nudity, that's the movie. (laughs) You mean Richard Gere's gear? No, that's the only good part. I'm talking about the. I
1: I also liked Richard Gere in American Gigolo, aka the good pickpocket. So good. Oh. <laughs> the You'll good
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you also get to see his gear in that movie too yeah. all right and my other 2017 movie is a season in france by muhammad salah haroun my favorite yes. filmmaker he is uh i think that i think he might be the only active filmmaker in chad mm-hmm. the which is unfortunate but uh but that's a whole long story for another time. But um, yeah, so it's just an, an immigrant story about uh, these immigrants from Central African Republic and living in Paris. And this their life experience in like a Haroon movie. Uh, this, the, thing that, the thing that happens, that always happens is, well, the, the government makes a decision that affects uh, poor people and like the the working class people and they have and his movies are about the working class and the 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 the, the, like you know uh common people and Mm -hmm. how they have to navigate political stuff that happens to them against their will and this one deals immigration and it's pretty harrowing it's not as his african movies tend to be more uplifting with with more humor and his french movies tend to lean more in the uh, France is fucked up and kind of gross, <laughs> and this is a France is a fucked up country with uh, 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 terrible policies on, on immigration and stuff like that. Yep, those groups. Uh, yeah, and to uh, better. <laughs> 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the and then uh, the, and the dad he he's widowed. He has two kids, and he starts dating okay. a white woman who is played by the star of Vagabond, the Agnes Varda movie. Oh, and cool. it's a very purposeful casting of her in this movie because it's uh, very similar, similar themes. About, like,
2: Vagabond.
0: Yeah. I can't say her name because it's French, and French names I'm still not... Julie, uh... you're good with
3: French. Oh, I have <laughs> to look it up. What, my Vagabond? Yeah, let me pretend. Yeah, yeah
2: Agnes Varda. It's like the best movie.
0: Yeah, she's in some. It is a great movie. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So a Season in France. Great uh, movie. I don't think it's a great Harun to start with. I'd say start with a screaming man oh, or big time. maybe Durant. um, the yeah, yeah uh Name, the, um, the abortion one.
3: Sandrine Bonair.
2: Oh Bonair, yeah, yeah,
0: that's her. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, uh, Harun, great filmmaker. I sometimes this stuff shows up on uh Criterion Channel. But uh, I don't pay for that anymore because I, uh, I have to pay for health insurance now because I make too much for Medicaid. So I have to cut subscription
1: <sighs> stuff now, which sucks. Look who's it bragging. Makes too much for Medicaid. La-la-dee-da. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'm rolling in the money right now. <laughs>
3: They didn't even.
2: Roland, <laughs> you can't have Criterion Channel. Yeah. They didn't even. The government <laughs> didn't sucks. even
3: tell me. Didn't qualify. He just decided. Like, yeah, I'm too good for this now. Uh, no,
0: I got multiple letters saying I have to oh, switch. I have to switch for you soon because I make slightly too
3: much go, to qualify now. Let's all just watch First Reformed and call it a night.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, Caesar in France uh, and uh, Revenge and Killing the Sacred Deer my recommendations. Okay, moving on to the last part. Patrick, you have two more movies that you picked out. That's true. One is Seven Chances, the um Fuck, what's that guy's name? Custer not Keaton. Charlie Chaplin, Custer Beaton. Keaton. Yes. Custer, Custer Beaton. Beaton. That's porn name. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I hope so. <laughs> and Raw Deal, uh from a film noir. Right, I think. So
3: cool. Oh, not the uh, Schwarzenegger. No, what's that one called? Raw Deal. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm going to watch both. Okay.
1: The Schwarzenegger Raw Deal has the best satisfaction needle drop I've ever seen in a movie. It's an action scene set to satisfaction, and it's absolutely incredible, but the Anthony Mann film from the 40s is the uh, Raw Deal that I, I I chose. Okay.
0: Yeah. And be prepared for me and Joel would be like, I oh, don't know. It's okay. We're an oh, early oh my
1: gosh!
2: I can't wait to listen.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll give that a shot. I, I I'm I'm still I'm looking for that noir to really convince me to like where I finally get it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so raw deal or seven chances for your next one.
1: Uh, well, let me let me counter it. Do you want to watch a movie in a genre you don't like, aka raw deal, or do you want to watch a movie? with a, uh, one of the main characters is uh, in blackface. <laughs>
2: AK Seven uh, Chances. <laughs> wow. That's a hard decision right there.
0: <laughs> I think that'd be the third Blackface movie covers. Oh,
1: well, in that case, you're an old pro. Let's go with Seven Chances.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go with Seven Chances. Delicate, Custer beaten it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Amanda, you picked um, the Revenge Double Feature uh, My email again uh uh damn it where's that goddamn email uh okay the revengeable feature and milky way which one would you rather cover next
2: um
0: the boom milky way i should clarify
2: yeah i would definitely go with one next Sorry. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll notify our, our Catholic expert to get ready to talk about Milky Way next.
2: Who's the Catholic expert?
0: <laughs> who, who do you think it is? Okay. <laughs> uh, John Armenio, <laughs> our Catholic expert. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and I know for a fact he loves that movie. I think he gave it like five stars on Letterboxd, too, so.
2: Oh, cool.
1: It'll be a
0: fun discussion. Uh Yeah, so... That's uh, Patrick. You have a couple podcasts.
1: Yes, I think I'm down to one. Thank God. I'm dropping them. I'm dropping them <laughs> like flies, and and I'm hoping to be podcast free by this time next year. <laughs> um, no, you know, just I, I. It's a long recovery. I've been doing this for a while, and so falling off the wagon, it it happens a lot. Every time I cu- I quit one, I end up inventing a new one. I have a podcast called Ninety Six Greers, where me and my partner are watching. Every feature film with Judy Greer in the cast, Judy Greer, one of our favorite character actors, um, specifically someone who will pop up in a movie and you don't know she's in the movie until you see the opening credits and you go, oh, Judy Greer's (laughs) in this. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that actually means is that we have sort of decided to do a survey of the past 20 years of like weird middling crap that we would never would have watched normally (laughs) um of just like really mid romantic comedies and uh stuff like that and so every episode rather than being a discussion of judy greer's performance which is more often than not she's some dude's wife um (laughs) uh it ends up being a deep dive into these like little corners of the world of film that we never really would have considered in the past and we've Covered everything from like the history of mumblecore to the invention of the romantic comedy um, to uh, mockumentaries, and it's we we put way more effort into the podcast than I think we necessarily should. And as a result, I am actually quite proud of it. The last episode we did is on the Hebrew Hammer, which is a Comedy Central movie from 2003 that said, what if black exploitation was Jewish? And also, what if we <laughs> were like shitty 2003 edgelords about it? And it's, oh my God. it's fascinating because some of it is like well-observed humor about the Jewish community. And then some of it is like just sort of reheated South Park and Mind of Mencia jokes and the dichotomy is it's it's breathtaking so Hebrew Hammer uh, was the last episode we're going to be covering the Duplass Brothers movie Jeff who lives at home next and so we got to sort of uh, uh, wade into the muck that is the Duplass Brothers filmography 96 Greer's on the Now Playing Network a fantastic podcast check it out
0: all right and uh amanda do you have any wrong reels or uh wizard podcast stuff? uh
2: i've got nothing um so yeah, i haven't done anything in, in quite some time um but you can find me on uh, w mass liberty on x is gonna give it to you or twitter whatever it's called now mm. um, um yeah so you can definitely talk to me on there about movies mostly um or anything um i, I try to i try to answer anybody that reaches out to me um, but yeah, I haven't guessed it on any podcast in quite some time, so I will yeah. definitely share on there when I do again.
0: Alright. Uh, I'm not sure when this will be coming out. Probably like possibly. I'm going to push this one up a little earlier because it's a little more obscure in place of some more famous movies we covered recently. So probably like early uh, next year. But uh, j Dog, do you, you got stuff or no?
3: Well, I don't really have stuff. I, ha- I do have uh, a podcast idea that i don't want to forget so we'll have to talk about it after the episode is done here. is another thing
0: i texted you thing I, te- I texted you about earlier no i don't remember if what you did.
3: did was that about me just yelling about whatever movies patrick likes is it,
0: is, is it? no i I, <laughs> I asked someone about being a, a host on something and you said oh
3: yeah no know. no it's not it's a fresh idea and by fresh I mean oh, okay Got i it. just don't know if it already is happening.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, so for me, no, I sorry. write for. JDT
3: oh, Movies sorry. and on X Twitter.
0: Yeah, uh, I write for Grumpire sometimes. I have a couple articles on there. One on uh, um, Godfrey Cambridge in 1970. He had two movies come out the same day. Here's he a star. And I write about him and black cinema at the time. And I wrote a piece on uh, story Weather, the 40s musical, about how it's secretly a punk movie. And I have other stuff on that site too. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, so look out for. Uh, I have no clue when I will have the, have more stuff up there, but yeah, I have I have pitched LV other stuff that I'm very slowly working on when I have free time and mental energy to actually complete. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Patrick, you will be back for 7 Chances in the Vague Future. And Amanda, you'll be back for um, Catholic History 101 with the Milky Way.
2: Well, as a raised Catholic, I am excited.
0: Yes, I'm curious. Well, Joel, I don't... (laughs) Joel, you you were not raised Catholic, so I'm curious (laughs) (laughs) how how you'll uh, respond to this aggressively Catholic movie.
3: Um. I can't wait.
0: I'm sure you're going to be like it's it's silly and stupid like yeah because it, it's all silly and fucking stupid
3: correct yeah, <laughs> yeah you never know I might t- be converted that is true hmm. I'm very okay. susceptible
2: or we'll kill yeah. ya
3: yeah. <laughs> yes. alright
0: so Patrick, Amanda uh, Jay Diesel thank you for your time
1: thank you for having me uh, yeah thank
2: yeah. you for having me back the last time
0: Yeah, for the last time of 2023. (laughs) And I'll stop recording now. Our theme music is by James Fell. Our logo is by Andrew Bargeron. You can find him as Jimetzco on Threadless T Redbubble Shirt Woot Catalog and T Theory. That is spelled G-I-M-E-T-Z-C-O. You can find our show in previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.